We're all inundated from the day we are born with these images and ways of behaving that support racism. Like, and unless you consciously unlearn it, it's just part of who you are. To Fit Fat Chat, that is fat with a PH. We are a real talk community podcast about body positivity, movement, mindfulness, and joy. Hosted by Ayana Parent of Be Free Coaching and Wellness and me, Christy of Zumba with Christy L. Ray. We have a great episode in store today. We have some really kind of heavy shit to discuss, (laughs) Um, but uh, I think really good, really timely, really, um, really, I was like, oh, something happened to you, Ayana, and oh, if we only had some kind of public platform to discuss it. Wait, but we do. And I was like, whoa, we have a podcast, so... And full um, disclaimer, we are going to talk about a store, and the store will be named. <laughs> but they are aware because we have written a letter, and this is, again, full disclaimer, not to bash them in any way, shape, or form, but to talk about a really difficult situation and how we can process it and use it for learning for the community. Yes. So is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into that? Or should we just get into it? I think just get let's into get the it. fuck into it because then we had some really deep other things happen on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in response to that, that also needs to be discussed. And I think again, another learning opportunity for the community. Absolutely. So, so I, I can just dive in. You go, girl. I really yeah. will hold. I'll try to. Yeah, I'll interject. But, okay. okay. Well, I'll just tell you the story and then we'll break it down. Yes, yes. So, um, my daughter and I, as many of you have heard before, blessing on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear how beautifully sweet she is. Uh, she is adopted, but she's also a gorgeous, beautiful, very dark-skinned black child. Uh, that's kind of set the stage. Um, and as you know, my name is a.k.a. Black Addict. So therefore, there we go. <laughs> there we go. That's all there you need to know. And I'm white. <laughs> and that's it. And Christy's that. white. And she wasn't with us. No. But no. what was interesting. I often am. You often so, are. So that was interesting for me to know that you'll get this yeah. information after. But yeah, that you thought the experience wasn't surprising. I know it's not surprising, but that you felt like it was different when we go shopping mm-hmm. versus when you're by yourself. So that was interesting information. So I've been thinking about that. So we'll talk about that too. Mm-hmm. So we were doing, you know, back to school shopping as everyone does. And um, yeah, we had backpacks and supplies and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, the lady asked if we would like to go to self-checkout. And I was like... Sure, and why not, right? Pleasant, happy day. So far, so good. So excited, right? My kid's going to fourth grade. It's pretty exciting. That's right. They direct you where to go there, oh, don't yeah. they? Yeah. And they didn't say anything right then no. about like, mm. No. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just stay tuned. No signs. Mm. No, no information mm. about what they may or may not do to you. <laughs> Or request <laughs> <Wait>. of you. <laughs> or humiliate you or target you. Target. 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 Spoiler alert. Spoiler I'm try- alert. I know. I'm trying not to say the name like so many times. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> In preservation of them because, you know, again, what I was talking with people about is that I'm not here to bash anybody. I am here for the education and learning, though, however, around racial profiling and equity. And so that's why we're sharing the story. Anyway, to be continued, here we are. We are checking out. And, um, you know, there's multiple people in line to my right and to my left. Uh, Multiple white people, I will say. And at the time, we were the only people of color in that checkout line. I can't, you know, say for sure whether there was other people around. However, there was a long line. We are Cape Cod. We are a very large vacation population. And so... 
there was not many people of color in the store. I will say that there were two cashiers because I just noticed, right? That's what people of color do. That when you go into a store, you go in anywhere. It's just like a natural thing where I just kind of scan. Where are the other people of color? Just for like safety purposes. <laughs> Right? So it's just like a natural thing that happens. It's a lot of extra mental work. Yeah. Yeah. That I think. That kind of subconsciously just happens. Yeah. It wasn't like I was consciously like, ooh, no, I just know. Like Mm -hmm. I could, but if you ask me if I go in anywhere, I could tell you exactly if there are people of color and how many. Anyway. (laughs) So uh, this woman, she was a white woman and uh, definitely an employee, uh, came up to us very assertively and said, I need to look in your bag. And I was like, wait, what? There was no like request. That was was after it was purchased. After it was purchased. So yeah, my daughter had the bag. Uh, She was holding the bag. And um, I'm like, what? Why do you have to look? What? Like, I just was like, I don't understand. Uh, um, And then she's like, it's policy. It's just policy. And then, well, we have to look in the bag. We have to look in the backpack. Like specifically the backpack. First of all, I thought she was saying like my bags, like. My personal stuff? And I'm like, hell oh. no. You ain't touching my stuff. So then she was, you know, a little bit more specific and said the backpack. And so um, I'm like, I don't understand why. So my poor daughter's like handing over the backpack. I'm like, why? And I don't know if she had known we had already purchased it or not. Like, I can't say that because my daughter was holding it. Who knows? Um, but she unzipped it, looked inside it, gave it back and was like, here you go. I was like, no, I need to know why you would need to look in a backpack. And she said, well, last week we found a lollipop, a half-eaten lollipop in there. And I, so, you know, I, and then she walked away. And I was like, no, like, no, I don't know. And why would – so that would then give you reason to search. In my mind, I felt searched. Yeah. Uh, I felt like my kid was violated. Yeah. I felt like, you know, what the heck? No one else. She did not ask anyone else around us. So, you know, when you're in that moment and you're like, wait. Is this really happening to me? Like, is this right. racial profiling? Because you feel crazy. Because I'm like, what? Why would she do that? And then I look to the woman at my right, and she goes, well, I can't believe she just did that to you. Like, to you guys. You know, and not other people. And so then it was confirmed for me that, okay, it's not just me. It's someone else witnessing. But then the woman, this is the part that was the hardest about the whole thing. Then the woman, that woman, got up and walked away. She was a white woman. And was also purchasing school supplies, which I do believe included a backpack. So that happened. And (sighs) it was – so then it goes on. (laughs) It's not too much longer and then we'll break it down. Yeah. Um, My kid sees me visibly shaken and upset. Um, I'm like throwing stuff in the bag. Of course, I purchased all this. I spent over 100 bucks at – Target, and I do often, and I'm also, often, I am also like a full, like a year rounder, which is like, I'm not just dropping money one time at Target, I basically support this company. Right. Um, And so I asked to speak to a manager and um, explained to him what happened um, and said that I do believe that myself and my daughter just experienced racial profiling and what on earth were they going to do about it? And no one, if it's really a policy, then they need to, A, have it visible, right? So, you know, like you go to BJ's and I have my cart and you give them the receipt and they look in your, your yeah. like, ba- like, that's fine. And nobody gets by. No, <laughs> and it's fine. And yeah. so, so they should because I could see it's a big store, right? Good for them, <laughs> right? right? But everybody does, mm-hmm. right? You can't just make a policy and then be like, and then only the people of color are going to get searched, Right, mm-hmm. it's not that should not. And my whole thought, and the, you know, the guy was flustered. I was clearly loud. I was clearly angry. Right, then I become this angry black woman. <laughs> and there's a line, and there's lots of people in the store. And my poor daughter was just looking at me, holding this sweet little backpack. Like, can we get out of here? <laughs> so I was like, you know, he was just profusely apologizing. But you know, I don't know what else you're gonna do in that moment other than like sit down and have like a conversation. Um, so I left, right. um, and then I did write a letter to the, the company, um, got a sort of very generic letter back, waited, they said further information is coming, we hope that that's coming, um, talked a lot about my daughter and what she felt about it and what she wanted to do about it, so we got in the car, and I wanted her to know that we, um, 
I wasn't mad at her because clearly I was angry. And I said, I just, you know, do you know what happened? Do you know that it wasn't you that, you know, that I was, I was angry at something else, you know, what happened? She goes, oh yeah, mom, I know. Racism happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, and I was like proud, but then super oh, sad, like, oh, oh, right? Oh my God. And then, so I was talking, I took her out to lunch, <laughs> this mm. poor kid, and I'm like, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to take some action? Like, I want her to feel like she has some power here and that it wasn't all stripped away from us. And I didn't want them to think that she's someone who would steal and that, all, you know, all those connotations came up. Right. Or that she would do something bad, for, you know, compared to other people. There was other kids in there, too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the whole thing. But she said, don't worry, Mom. Santa sees everything, and he's going to put some coal in that racist lady's stocking. <laughs> Oh, my God. You know, and then you're like, wait. I mean, she's so tall. I could see, like, her presence is very big. Like, she's mm-hmm. very she's very loud. She's very animated. She's very. She looks like she's 13, but she's only nine. And in her little mind, she's really only, like, six. Like, emotionally, she is still very young. In some ways, she's very mature, but in some ways, she's still very young. And that was just sort of, like, the, the moment of, like, oh, my God, and you're so innocent. Like, you're just a little kid. Yeah. Um. Which, again, was, like, really great, but also really heartbreaking at the same time of, like, oh, my God. Like, and then she just, ah, uh, yeah. Anyway. So that's the story. Yeah. And lots of things have emotionally since unfolded with myself and lots of other people since we've yeah. sort of shared this publicly. But, um. Yeah, you've got some interesting responses, a lot of support in, at least on social media, um, a lot of people wanting to take action, but not knowing exactly what to do or how to help support you the the best. And, and then just kind of like, I can't imagine, like just sort of to, again, process it. And then, I mean, we all sort of think of things like we it, there is no definitive anything, but this is pretty, a pretty clear case where several things that happened – you know, just all point to that it was definitely a racial thing. And I don't want you to question that, but that Mm. is always something that you must go through and that all people go through when they're being targeted in some way. Targeted. (laughs) I know. It keeps coming up. I love it. I love it. I love it. They might have to change their name after this. (laughs) It's a bad connotation, man. Oh, but... Yeah, I mean, so just my two cents were just, I have, you've invited me to go to Target. I don't actually shop at Target there very often. <laughs> I freaking love Target. I, I know, know she's, like that. this woman loves Target. I shop local she has and brought, all this, but I'm like. She's brought business. I'm from Boston. I shop at Target. <laughs> yeah, it's a local Target, but I mean, it's not local, local. But, right, right, right. But yeah, I mean, uh, I helped you carry shelves out of there one day that you <laughs> bought right. for your studio. Um, we've looked around for fitness equipment. We always go in and look at their um, sportswear and their whole makeup like, section. And they have, oh yes, that's what you're going to say. The body positivity. Yes. They have mannequins that are you know large bodied. Yeah, and sometimes they're not completely white either. Right. So, and, and we were so impressed by that. Right. And. Uh, so there were like we were all jazzed about this place, and um, I, you know, besides that, I don't not in that particular place, but other times I've been shopping with you. I have noticed that people treat you differently sometimes, and I don't know if that's always because of race, right? But I, it's always in the back of my mind, so I can't see why how it's maybe not in yours too, which is like really sad and heartbreaking. But, um, you know, I yeah. just think. It's so fascinating, too, because I didn't know that until you said that, but I can look back now and be like, oh, yeah. And some of it is I'm very loud and animated, and but that's also just a cultural thing, right? So it's like it's culturally yeah. race-related. All of it is – it's all combined. It's all intertwined. Right? right. So people are just a little like, who is that loud lady laughing her ass off in sports? <laughs> <laughs> like sticking your butt out, being like, oh, my God, these will actually fit my ass. This is yeah. great. Yes. <laughs> but the, if you could be more free doing that with, with a white person around that you're with, that makes it more like so they're like, oh, she's not dangerous because right. there's a white person she's with or something like that. Right. That What the fuck is right. the hell is that? I can say fuck, whatever. Yeah, I love it. Sorry, mom and dad. I love when you 
I remember Dan listening to my podcast anyways. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, so a lot um, of people were like really ugh. wanting to like get that girl fired. <laughs> like go like right. write all these nasty like this whole thing, right? First of all, I understand that this happens all the time. It doesn't make it better, but it's like it's not like we are different or you know what I mean it's not like this was like a crazy case that doesn't happen to anyone it happens to people all the time I think that's what people need to understand yeah um and I think there's a lot of people that are connected to me so it got a lot of you know traction yeah um and people got very angry and emotional because they're attached to me because I do a lot of healing work and racism work you know and a lot of emotional connections that people have to me in the community and you know I appreciate that um what I did say yesterday was um pretty publicly because I felt like I had to sort of <laughs> chill people out is that I love the anger. I love the action. Um, however, what we're doing right now is reacting and not responding. So that's never going to get us anywhere, right? Racism has been around for 400 years. It's not new. Um, so when we just react like that, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means we're not going to get any kind of response or any kind of tangible thing that we want or what we need. What we need to do is identify what what would change? What would shift? What would really make this um, a learning opportunity for the staff, for the management, um, and how to shift that? And, you know, I mean, we, my, I'm not as concerned to myself as I am uh, for my daughter. So I would like, you know, an apology to her, um, which was in that request, and a donation to my nonprofit. Right. Um, <laughs> Amen. Which we do anti-racism work all the time. Um, and that's in combination with healing because I don't believe that you can do any kind of healing without the mind body spirit as one and that includes anti-racism work that includes racial healing so it's all it's all combined um what I will say is what pe lots of people don't know unless they do like diversity and equity training is that there's um you know unconscious bias and I do think that's what happened and um, I don't think she was like, oh, my God, there's a black person and they must be stealing consciously. What I do think happened was they know they have the policy and unconsciously the images came up. My daughter's very dark. She came over to us and boom, you know, the whole thing went down as it typically does. Um, that's a result of how people are trained in America around racism. So, you know, whether it was conscious or unconscious, we don't know. I think, um, you know, that's why I discussed the manager because he wanted me to point the girl out, and I did. But I was like, listen, it could have been any one of you, right? It, mm -hmm. what, what's clear to me is that you're, you're not training your staff well. If you have a, quote, policy, and it's not for everyone, what you're then going to have a result of because of racism and people's just brainwashing of, you know, just how they live in the world – is you're going to have a whole line of racial profiling of every employee that does that unless they have the education around it. So um, that's where I'm at with it. Um, I was certainly hurt and sad that day and the next day. Um, but thank God for Kevin Young who was there and did a sound bath healing and is a person of color and also in recovery so I could just like – chat with him and feel a little bit better about it because mm -hmm. it's just nice to have that kind of grounding with somebody else. Right. And I imagine it's a different experience to discuss it with people who aren't like sort of on the same page with the, you know, everybody's sort of on a learning journey with, uh, especially for white allies on what, you know, how to respond, what is helpful, what isn't helpful. Um, and there were certainly some unhelpful. <laughs> We can get into that. Um. Why, why don't we get into that? We're not going to name names here, but I think I think this is important because what people really wanted to break down, which I love, as frustrating as it is, because this is what we're really talking about, right? So we are in a place in time in which this is a conversation of like, what is an actual white ally? Like, what is their responsibility? How can you call yourself that? What does that mean? What is the definition for you? Obviously, the it's different for everyone. But this was such a key point of like, and a key point of privilege, right? The woman could look at me, be like, I, that, basically, that was fucked up that you just got racial profiling. Have a nice day. Peace out. I'm going to go home because I can. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? 
Yeah. Oh, I got, yeah. I mean, I, I that was more upsetting to me than any other part about it. Like, oh my god. I'm and I'm literally like visibly shaking, looking at the lady with my mouth open as she walks away. Come on, man. Yeah, that that's hard to acknowledge. Just well, I know what I I would have done. I wouldn't have been walking away, but. I also know at other times in my life I might not have been as empowered sure. to feel like I could take action either. But right. it's just, it's, to me, that was like, look at how uh, how much that would have meant for her to stay and do something um, versus walk away. or And, you know, just, I don't know, we had somebody sort of take issue with thinking that that was helping um, <laughs> just by Oh, the quote was, why wasn't that enough for you? Ooh. Oh, it, it was like repeated injury Ow. after injury after injury. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the, the argument was that, oh, maybe that person learned something. And it was a very ego, ego white, egocentric way yes. to think of yes. like, oh, it helped that person learn about uh, racism. Oh, isn't that nice? While someone suffers, the way people get to learn about racism firsthand. <laughs> Thank you, Ayanna, for providing that experience for that person. Oh like, my God. what the hell? No. Come on, people. Come yeah, on. No. Yeah. It was like a, and it was nice. So some people were like, who are my friends and are white people and were very open to like, tell me what I should have done. Like, give me what you would have wanted me to say. And fair enough, right? So, like, I said, listen, I was clearly distraught. I was with my kid. Like, if you are someone that just witnessed that and, and you are confirming that it's racial profiling, what I would have preferred has been, like, A, how can I help you? Or, B, why don't I go speak to the manager and report what I saw as the white person and mm-hmm. you stand over here so that I can point that that was you with your daughter so you can then console your daughter, be with your child and I'll take this on for you. Like, that's how you do it, right? Because emotionally, that was so much for me. So if you're going to stand there and then witness it, then go do something about it. Like, people are like, yeah, I confirmed that that was fucked up, and then I'm going to leave. No, you then have to help and and really support me in that, you know. Or, I mean, it would have been okay to be like, okay, are you all right? What can I do for you? That's fine. Mm-hmm. Also fine. But I think what what ended up happening with the other woman who was disagreeing with me... <laughs> That like, why wasn't that enough? It's that the white privilege piece is like, you know, how the safety piece of what people don't understand how quickly this can happen and how safety with people of color is so like it's like it's life or death. And people don't get that. Like there's there's no real nuance in there. There is like (laughs) it's really like, are you going to survive this or are you going to die? Right. So Mm -hmm. it's. um the woman was like, well, what if she was black? What if, you know, wouldn't that, that would have been enough for you if she was black? I'm like, if she was black, of course, or a person of color, she would have understood exactly what was happening, probably raised holy hell with me, but at least would have stood by me and helped me figure out what to do or just done it herself, right? Mm-hmm. But also, if, say, I had other people were like, well, you should have just had them refuse to give them the backpack, refuse, refuse, <laughs> um, like walk out of the store, like, come yeah. on. Come on, this is why racism is so scary. Right. So I my thought I did have the thought of like, no, you can't look in that. That's ours basically because we had bought it, but say we hadn't purchased it, still it's like, wait, you cannot do that unless you give me some reasonable cause, unless there's a sign that says it, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I had then been like, don't hand over the backpack or I'm not looking at the backpack or whatever. I'm not um, giving over the backpack. They could have called security, right? And then here's me, right. a scared mom, right? Called security. I now look like the angry black woman. I escalate. Police get called. Someone comes close to best blessing. And I can tell you right now, I don't know that I would be able to hold myself back. Because I know, like, things get so heated so fast. But if I saw one finger even moved close to my child whether it was security an employee or police or otherwise i i can't guarantee i would have like just been like calmly like get away from my no 
And then, yeah. then all of a sudden, I'm like in a car, you know, in a cop car. And then all of a sudden, it's like this. How the story goes in the media, right? Then it's like Ayana, owner of Be Free Wellness, has now just assaulted the, you know, a police officer yeah. in Target, right? And Taken then away in handcuffs, right? And then it becomes like there's no other. The, the story isn't what what happened in the beginning, and that happens in the media all the time. It's a great example. Yeah, I mean, if if. If you haven't, I don't know, watched the news in the last hundred years, <laughs> you, I mean, we as a white person, you may not realize how often that happens. As a person of color, you probably you're noticing it all the time. You you're not that doesn't go unnoticed, and you have all these little little microaggressions. Like even for blessing, this is going to be something that's in her memory oh, bank she's now. Never gonna forget. But it's not going to, unfortunately, 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 this is not going to be the last time that something like that happens right, to her. Right, right, right. And it, it, it is so, and I'm sure that this is not the first time this has happened to you. Yeah, no. And, no. or something similar or something that has, as you've grown up and you just, you know, right. and for especially white people, especially white men, to think that women and people of color can just breeze by and refuse and do those kinds of things. That's not exactly how it works in the society. And that is what racism and sexism is. And it, to, to, for people to just be like, think that, you know, this is what I would do when they're not coming from the same perspective is just kind of like frustrating. And, but it's a, it's not uncommon. It's just right. what we're asking is to look a little bit into that <laughs> and look beyond that. And, um, you know, some people also would say, well, I do all this other great work and I do, you know, I fight for rights all the time. Well, that doesn't mean you don't still have more to learn. I mean, you, being vulnerable around this and being open to learning is part of the work. So. Right, and that's what I ends up happening, and, and I love the Love and Revolution group that we're in, and there's so much learning and so much challenging and so much growth that happens, um, but what scares me the most is not the people that are outwardly, like, have a, make a statement, and then I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much not how we're going to look at this. We're going to look at it this way, right. or an, an invitation to look at it this way, right? And then they, they're like, oh, okay, got it. Like, I can see it that way. It's the people that are like, I'm a white person. And I'm an ally, and I'm not racist, and I do. And then they give us the laundry list. This happens all the time. The lawn, the resume, yeah. the resume of like all the anti-racism protests they've been at, the stuff that they do. Like if we just only knew what they do in their like alone time with anti-racism work, right? But then they they confront every single aspect of white privilege. That's where the allyship really gets confusing because it's like. Yo, that's not it. That ain't it. To me, an ally that doesn't <laughs> listen and reflect is not really doing the work, you know? It's like an oxymoron or ironic right. or whatever that is. It's like, what? Like, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, sorry, but, and here's why you did everything wrong, which is totally unsupportive and un-understanding and directing it at the wrong person, too. Yeah. It's a, there's just a whole myriad of ways that is just hit me sideways wrong. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> but what's so funny is I'm just like, and which people don't know, like, right, that's part of the, also the anti-racism training. If you're a person of color and you do this work, you got to step back. When it's too emotional, because then I cannot help anybody, right? So I know that from my training. I know that just from, like, experience. So what, you know, when I did, when I was clearly getting myself all caught up and, like, responding like, you know, like crazy. I was mm. like, nope. And then I just tagged on my white people that I know are my allies for sure and have stepped up in other, you included. Mm -hmm. um, and they totally came in and, like, it supported and verbally helped in that way. And in what's sad but also needed, right, is that we need the white voice to help because that's uh, white people yeah. listen to white people, unfortunately, when it comes to racism. That's it. That's why I was saying in the story, if that what a missed opportunity for that woman. Mm -hmm. Not only did she have a white voice, she was the only witness aside from the employee. Like what an incredible moment she could have done. And I think I would have felt 
supported and not so like left and lost in that moment. And there's where the emotional piece of racial trauma is so damaging. Not only did she witness, she acknowledged and then she walked away. Like that is the piece that it's like to feel so like left in the world as not. And people are like, why, you know, black lives matter. That comes it's like, that was a moment where I was like, yeah, I really feel like my life doesn't matter and my kid's life really doesn't matter. And wow, like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not funny, but it's, you know, I just am like, you know, I don't know. Mm. It's heavy, man. It is. It's good to talk about, though. It is. It has really got some good discussion going and awareness, but I mean, it was interesting to read down because I, the, the people who are people of color are not surprised at all. And they all have their own story. And the white people are like, I can't believe this happened to you. It's outrageous. And it's like, you know, and it really, it is, but it's like, there's probably a story almost every day yeah, that I you mean, could every, tell. Like this was oh. a very clear cut thing that, that involved your daughter. There's probably plenty of stuff you, you you just get by every day, you know, day to day, just that you have to cope with. So. And some people of color are so used to it that you know they walked out and we're like, just fuck that, like again. Yeah, and just right. so and it's so exhausting to like have to pull over a manager and then I just sit and wait and I had my kid with me, like yeah, I you know it was a lot to have to do that. So that's just like another step. So it's like, and so, you know, and it's sad. Some people are just like, yep, that's what that was, you know, <sighs> and and walk out and it's like, what? Oh my god. I was just thinking about if Blessing was, like, on her own walking, you know, like, she's with you. But if she was, like, walking around the store and a security person then approached her, like, what's in the bag? I know. Yeah, Yeah. they they need to figure some some stuff out there for sure. But we all need to figure out how to. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's not just them, right? It's, like, it's society. It's it's the way we operate um under i like to call the you know the umbrella of racism like you have to unlearn it in order to function even especially the unconscious stuff because we're all inundated from the day we are born with these images and ways of behaving that support racism like and unless you consciously unlearn it it's just part of who you are like, where every time I say, like, my husband always laughs because I'm like, call him out when he's racist. And he's like, oh, God, that word. Like, when you call me, that makes me feel so bad. I'm like, why? You like, we're, you're a white man born in America. Like, you were pretty much trained to be racist. Like, <laughs> like it's just part of, part of it, right? And so right. it's like, you, like, in the words of like yoga or, or breath work or movement or mindfulness, it's like, detach that. Detach that from this big emotional defensive reaction of like, I'm not racist. How about, yes, we all are. And let's unlearn it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. White, white people specifically. In my head, I was thinking the dynamic of like, which Ibram Kendry talks about, Kendi talks about, um, read that book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, but just power dynamics and white people and people of color and, and how that all breaks down. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> just breathing. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, where do we go from here? I know, so I was like, I next? don't know. What's, you, were you, did you feel like you covered all of the things you wanted to cover with bias and unbias and all that? Yeah, Like you were yeah. saying at the beginning? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just wanted to make sure that I had put in there around the, you know, the employee, the difference between like, it could really have been unbiased. I mean, just like unconscious bias. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of conscious. That's all I got on that. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) So we're not, we won't be asking Target to sponsor us yet, but (laughs) when they do change their policies, we'll consider it. We'll consider it. (laughs) Could be a great opportunity for them to make amends and, uh, yeah. (laughs) I 
love it. I love it. Because we were we were like a fan of their their sportswear department, you know, like I'm saying. So. I know. And they didn't they do online some kind of black business yeah, promotions they, and yeah, things they, like that. So I went, when I was looking at their website, it says right up there like buy black. So they have. All, <laughs> <laughs> they have. I'm sorry, I almost spit out my coffee there. <laughs> buy have, black, but not you. <laughs> not you and your kid. <laughs> they they have like all the um, oh my products that are owned and made by people of color. So it's wow. like one of the tabs right when you pull up the website is says buy black and then it's like has which is cool cuz I didn't know that was there before and like all the hair products that I was buying for my kid at Target because on Cape Cod that was the only place that had them. I mean, there's another example of how they were like trying, right? Um, yeah. And and another example of racism. Right? We, we have more stuff like that on the Cape. Well, I know it's crazy. You can't. Wow. Oh my god, it's just hard. Cape Cod's it's really hard. white, you guys. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's a little stressful. <laughs> can't even buy my hair products. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh. I mean, my hair is like biracial, hair, so it's much easier. But my kid, oh my god, I was like, "How is this gonna go? How is this gonna work out?" Yeah, mm. but yeah. It's all, it's, I mean, it's but there's an example of like also the multi levels of sort of saying one thing and doing another. I mean, right. talk about right from like a lot of corporations are trying to get on board with the with it, but is it just trendy because that they know that's going to drive business to them, well, or are they actually is, yeah, committed because, to yes. the to the causes and how things play out in their with their hiring, with their you know how their policies are with security and all that stuff. Oh my so God, I know it's a, it's a lot. Yeah, it is. But yeah, and it, so it can be like from corporations, it can be from white people who don't even consider themselves allies who who say that didn't even happen or that isn't what it was or you're too sensitive to white allies <laughs> supposedly that are also criticizing you. So right. can you see the layers here so of many like um, unpeel those because that, that's something that is all uh, part of the whole puzzle piece pieces. Um, Wow. So, yeah. And there's many, many layers to racism, which it makes it so complex. Mm-hmm. But again, as people of color, we don't have a choice but to understand those. And right. for white people, it's like they can be like, yeah, I'm not going to read that book today. <laughs> right. I'm not going to, you know, or I'm going to walk out of a store when I, there's clearly been an incident. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you're really interested in this work. I would uh, encourage people to uh, just check out Love and Revolution. It's a anti-racism Facebook page in which we talk and educate about um, basically just issues surrounding those topics um, and diversity, equity, and and belonging. Uh, belonging is also my new favorite word. Um, it's like new in the whole diversity equity, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, I like that. Yeah. yeah. And I do like that because that really is what it's about. Yes, it's about equity and, you know, that it's a huge piece of it. But really, for me in the work that I do, it's about belonging mm. um, and, and that people That's of so color, true. people of color have not, we've never felt like we belong. So. My goal so, with my company, Love and Revolution, and Be Free Wellness is to really provide an opportunity in which people of color can feel like they belong. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the policy is equity, but the, how it manifests is the belonging. And that's, that's right. not being shown. And that's also the same with white allies. I mean, that can be applied to, like, all those layers. Yeah. There's a difference between meeting the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Right. Um. So well said, Chick. You yeah. want big red? Ah, you go, girl. I'm, I'm wearing red. She's got red her red shirt on. She's got red shirt on. <laughs> I'll love be it. big red. I'll be wear red shirts. Because my hair's turning blonde. My hair's changing, you guys. <laughs> it's turning Watch out. Great. Our logo, our logo might be like false advertising. <laughs> you have gorgeous red hair in there. <laughs> oh, I'll, to, I'll get a wig. <laughs> Maybe I will too. Maybe I will too. Yeah. I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You can be the red. The big black red addict. Oh, shit. No. I, no I'm going to go no the... on that. <laughs> I'm going to go no. It's a no. It's a no. It's a no on that. 
know. <laughs> Not all my ideas are great ones, but you know, you no, throw you them out there. <laughs> Yeah. So are we going to have some guests coming up soon? We are. So we have two in the pipelines, both men of color. Okay. Um, one is Justice Roe Williams, who is a um, does body positivity and, how do you say this, uh, deconstruction of fitness, the fitness world, like mas- masculinity, toxic masculinity. He's going to break all that down. Nice. Um, is really good with the LGBTQ community in terms of fitness and how that you can destruct, deconstruct mm-hmm. all of those um, fitness ways in the world, which is right up our alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kelvin Young. Who is a Calvin. sound healer and a person of him. color and um, a person in recovery, but also was in jail and has an incredible story that he brings to the table about that. Amazing. Yeah. I I met him for that one brief time for some dinner and some uh, ice cream, and it was <laughs> great. Um, but it was just a – I didn't get to go to the sound bath, unfortunately, but um, we're bringing him back. He's we're coming gonna, back in December. bringing him back, and we're going to interview him. He's definitely got an interesting story. Yeah, wow. It was so funny. I got interviewed for uh, Chatting Over Chatter, which is another amazing female podcast. Mm. Um, and they were like, who is the yummy chocolate man that just came to Cape Cod? Who is that? And I was like, oh, that's Kelvin Young with his little sound bathing and his, like, drumming. And it was, like, really good. Boom. <laughs> so props to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got out there. Your yeah. sound waves really reached some people. <laughs> <laughs> the vibes spread uh, yes. all over the place. Spreading yes. them vibes all over the place. Oh, my yeah. God. And, and Justice is just like, when I had the conversation with Justice, he, like, broke down white supremacy and fitness and movement in a way that I... I know in my mind, but the language that he uses is so powerful. And I just cannot wait wow. to have him I'm share excited. That. Yeah. It's just like, wow, like really makes the connections that in ways that you can't unsee. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exciting. So I'm excited for both of those. Coming up, coming up soon. Yeah. And for for white listeners out there, don't be afraid of words like white supremacy and white privilege because it's just it's just a fact, right? <laughs> and it's not a funny fact at all. But I'm just I'm laughing because I can't believe how sensitive we get when we hear these words because we people they, we don't experience it in the same way that the other people who are the people who have the consequence of it right. feel it. So. For us to then have a reaction to it is like a double victimization for people of color all the time. All, all the time. All the time. So, right? yeah. um, and if you think about it that way, maybe that would help your sense of belonging in the community of mm. being allyship as well. So, because I feel like that's another thing that people get really bent out of shape. Like, mm-hmm. I want to help, I want to help. And right. like, but you, but it needs to be helpful in a way that's actually helpful. So, yeah. um, and that, and so, if you want, if you, if especially if you want to learn and um, be open to feedback and stuff, we really want you on the Love and Revolution group on Facebook. So, come join yes. us. Yes, and I always talk that, in my opinion, there's only sort of two or three ways that are most effective in changing racism and, and policies around that, and that is, first of all, to you know, look internally um, and to deconstruct your own whiteness in terms of how you've learned about racism Um, and then without judgment and then without defensiveness, just with openness and learning, right? That's all (laughs) that it is. Um, That's the main one. And then, like, don't go get a black friend. Don't go... (laughs) Oh, man! I mean, I gotta give it! (laughs) Don't do that tokenism thing. I hate that. I know it's a joke now, but people still use it. And, um, you know, educate yourself. uh, But, you know, it's either that or it's policy, right? So you're looking at one of those two ways. And, um, you know, if you're going to do policy, just understand that that's that once you start that, you can't unstop. You can't. I wouldn't stop it. Like, so 
you're going to have to fight forever and you're going to get real, real loud. And then you have to create opportunities in which there actually is policy change. So make some goals, figure out how you're going to address them, get some white people on board with you, and then really don't give up because people of color have to survive every day in this world. So there isn't like a choice where we can like just give up. So look at it in that way when you're looking at policy change. And when you're looking at internal change, right? It's like, I always tell people this, and for some reason, this is what resonates with them. It's like, I wake up every single day, and I choose to be sober, right? I choose to be in recovery. And that's what guides my way of thinking all day long. It is the same thing with anti-racism. If you're a white person, you literally have to wake up every day, and you have to be like, I'm going to choose to be anti-racist today, which means you're going to look at every situation in that light and then speak up and challenge yourself around that. Like it's an all-day thing. It's an all-day process, and it's a lifelong learning process. Like I didn't get sober overnight. You're not going to become this awesome anti-racism person overnight, right? But you do it every single day, every half hour, hour, right? You build on all the learning opportunities. So I'm glad, yes. I, I'm glad I said that. Yes. <laughs> It's so true. I mean, you've also used the metaphor of the the funeral before where it's like everybody shows up to an event Mm. and then they get to leave. And it's like, but yeah, the still the grief is still there. The the work is still there. It's always there. So, yes, exactly. Don't it's not like just one time party and then move on. But there's plenty of times where. Yeah, that's that's it, man. So. What else? What else? Body positivity. Let's talk about something in that that zone. Okay. How have you taken care of yourself, first uh, of all? Let's talk about self-care. Okay, you know what maybe... actually I have done? Mm-hmm. So I had to go back to my roots because when something like that happens, it kind of shakes me up to the point where like I get turned upside down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes me feel like I'm in early recovery where like I can't find my grounding and I can't like – what's happening (laughs) and so I go back to my roots which is yoga and so um I've been doing yoga religiously every single day for the past two weeks and that's been life-changing it's and it's not even the movement that was so clear to me and the word medicine always comes up the medicine really is just allowing myself to be safe on my mat with my breath and myself and just know that I'm whole so I have made a commitment to not let that piece go so that I can hang on tight to like what I know is true and that I'm okay and to ground myself um, and then to just really make time and space to be with my kid because I know that was hard and it really was, I think for her, confusing but also to watch me in so much pain around it was hard for her too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I mean, her interpretation now versus... She'll be able to look back and and have maybe a different interpretation. I mean, right now it's about Santa, and, right? But she, clearly, she already knew racism, and um, yeah, and to give sad. her like a voice, right? Like right. all uh, the reason why I'm so able to speak out about all this stuff is because my mom was such a loud, proud, Afro-wearing black woman. Like there was no right, so that's how I got my voice around it. My dad too. I mean, he was anti-racism. There's other things there, but mm-hmm. read my book. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Now available on her website for low. Actually, didn't you just get a new shipment? I did. Befreewell.com if you want to order some. I just got them in. We sold out. Can you imagine? That's amazing. Isn't that cool? We sold out a second time. So I'm pretty psyched. So I actually didn't realize it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you people. I'm like, yeah, there's books. And there wasn't books. We sold out. Yeah, I seriously don't know if you people even know that. She wrote a book, but she did write a book because we're just dropping that like it's, oh, I wrote a book, whatever. We're dropping it like it's hot. It I was mean, hot. We, we, if you've listened to our other episodes, you've heard it in progress. But through the pandemic, yeah, like now the book is out there. She's working on book yes. number two. I am. I'm um, so excited. Yeah. There's a lot more. I can't wait for the movie. I'm, you know. Oh, getting, I know getting... the movie. <laughs> we're just manifesting that. It's not. It's not. <laughs> It's actually, we don't have a date for it yeah, yet. Like, but is that we'll, concrete yet? But it's in our minds. So yeah. Yeah. Muska wants to play uh, your yes, husband. Yes, that's right. 
Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, you out there? You out there? You out, come on. Yeah, come on. You want to direct this, produce it, the whole thing. Who do you know? Who do you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so. How are you doing with your food? Food. You're making. What, what did I see the other day that you were like growing? Was it? Growing. I started an arrow garden. On the white. What is that? I started an arrow garden. Talk to me about that. So it's a hydroponic. um, You only grow things in water and with giving it food. And I just loved that idea because basically the setup is it reminds you when to feed it. It reminds you when to change the water. Um, And it has a light on it, which kind of doubles during the day as like a light for my dog because I always used to leave a light on for him and Aww. and now I have a little radio and that plant thing for him so if I leave him for a couple hours he's got a little company um, but I'm trying herbs I apparently those are like pretty no fail but almost everything I've ever tried to grow like in soil I'm I have killed so uh, <laughs> I am, I've killed herbs no I, no, I killed herbs <laughs> oh gosh so, so yeah so yeah <laughs> So I, I'm trying to, and I've I've taken the time to try to now learn instead of just trying it because th- like you see people doing it and it looks so easy, but these people know things. They know things. They know how to cut it and trim it and thin it out and and all this stuff. But the arrow garden kind of takes it all like all that thing, all that whatever about it. And I know that's a it's like a commercial brand. You don't have to do an arrow garden. You can basically rig this for yourself. But it is pretty cool, and I liked it so much that I found a used one on Facebook Marketplace, and it was actually – I had a couple things to pick up. I picked up a solar oven, so I'm going to try <laughs> – Oh, my God. I'm going to try cooking with the sun. I'm so impressed. Uh, it's going to be so cool. I'll do a video on it. Um, but apparently this is a thing that I didn't even know about. But can you uh, – on Cape Cod, it's been so hot, and I've been doing baking. Like I've made bagels and stuff, and I was like – You did? Yeah, I made bagels. I um, I'm making my own vinegars. Wait, what? Uh, well, because they didn't turn the out that great. But I oh, will. I if I do it again, I will do. I will give oh you a bagel God. for sure. I, I, they don't really taste like. They didn't really taste like bagels per se. They were just more like bread shaped like a bagel. But anyway, um, the but the Arrow Garden so uh, very cool. I bought another one, and I'm gonna. Um, I ordered. Uh, you can grow lettuces. Um, so like every day you can just take and make a little salad with your, whatever you're growing for like six oh months and you can do goodness. it during the winter. It's not dependent on any season. Um, so I don't know, we might have to start one at be free and just so Ooh, you guys like can that. like a be free garden or yes. something like Ooh, that. That's in the works. Don't you worry. <laughs> in our new wellness center. Well, you have, when you do the wellness center, you should do an edible garden outside Oh, we will. and that would be so oh, cool. There's you're, a you're gonna business help. that does that there, yeah, but I'll learn yeah. about it and all that you, stuff. You so. can do that. You can do that. I will Wait, organize that. did you have that. an appeal to farmers? Didn't you want to? Yeah, any farmer. I'm looking for a farmer because I like to preserve and do all the things around. Single, a single, you guys, single farmer, single, farmer. single hot farmer. Single, by the way, aren't all farmers and hot? non-racist? No, I don't know. And, <laughs> really into social justice and social activism. Social justice and activism. And yeah, so it's I'm. It's a very. It's a niche. Uh, you know. That's but whatever. But yeah, we, so, we got tall orders. Growing, growing cook, cooking food in the oven, making so lots of fermented foods and that, that kind of thing. It's I'm still so fascinated by it. I'm still learning all the time. Um, I joined um, a myco- mycology society, which is learning about mushrooms and foraging Dude. in the forest to know so that who you don't die. You? I don't even know this who I am. This is not the person I met. <laughs> I don't know if we would be friends. Well, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just did kidding. you know how much I like mushrooms? Because that was even before. But I was like, <laughs> I have I always know, loved actually. mushrooms. Like, I don't know what it is, but fungus really. Fungus? <laughs> <laughs> I really like fungus, man. <laughs> Only you. Fun guys. Only I like you. fun guys. I really love um, fungus. <laughs> Who says that? Mycologists say that. There's oh, all sorts hey, of mycology. Oh, excuse me. I didn't even know. I didn't even know what mycology was like a week ago. I'm like, what is this word? And now I'm like throwing it around like people are supposed to know it. Oh my god, that's funny. But um, but it's funny when you start talking about it. You you meet other people who have been underground like enthusiasts. Oh, I bet. Underground. So, like, underground. Oh, I bet. <laughs> 
apparently there's like this amazing movie about mushrooms and I don't know, it'll change your life. So I, it's kind of yeah. crazy, but yeah. Would you say just, that's how you're taking care of yourself? D- oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Um, paying attention to what is going into my body, like not restricting at all, but just like going after the things that I like and then that are, that I know are good for my body and using the food as medicine. Um, so a couple people have approached me and said like, what are you doing? And they're like, what, you know, what supplements can I take and stuff like that? Well, I actually almost quit taking almost any supplement and I am trying to get it with my food and just see how that goes. And it's really working great. But what I learned is organic foods are more expensive. So what I'm trying to do is buy in bulk, preserve, and make it work that way. So, uh, what? It, it said 111. Stop? No, it oh. just said 111. Oh. So I was pulling Jesus. it out. Oh, There's a lot of good, lot of good luck omens going on. Yes. So, yeah, taking care get, of myself yeah. through, through basically staying really interested in life and whatever. Like, I just feel alive. I feel more alive, but I'm yeah. taking less, like, medications and less supplements so and things like that so yeah yeah the other my other body mention has to be so i'm definitely getting in menopause whether i'm in it or not <laughs> whatever that is it's happening um and my body's so different in the past i'd say three to four months um definitely feel heavier definitely feel more bloated definitely feel like all kinds of changes um and so I've definitely been moving more, which is good, um, mm. but I have to make a shift in terms of how I understand and love my body. So I've been doing a lot of med- meditations around. I love my body that's supporting me, and like it's just the vessel that carries us, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've had to do some new meditations around that because this is like a kind of new territory for me. I don't haven't struggled with my body as much as I have in the last three months, like ever. It's it's the new thing. Hmm. I'm trying to love it and Mm -hmm. be aware of it without judging it. But yeah, it's different. So do you literally like have mantras for yourself or do you sort of um, just kind of meditate on it? No, I have mantras. I breathe and um, tell myself that I love different body parts. Oh, okay. That um, might feel difficult or hard. Like some of my hips and the way I walk and the way I move are different. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just it's just part of getting older in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it's really become clear to me lately. Um, and I was struggling against it for so long. Be like, God, what's wrong with me? What, something's matter with da 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 And I'm like, no. I think it's just part of the journey of getting older. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of like, I love my hips and they carry me and my feet, you know, my bunion problems. <laughs> Girl. Oh, and they're getting worse as I get older. So that also makes it difficult for my hips. Like it's all connected. And so, mm-hmm. um, doing some of the myofascial stuff you have taught me. Yes. Uh, like, and just loving say. my feet and not being negative towards them. Right. And, um, really being soft. And I think gentle. it's their cry for space. That's yeah. my theory is that when our bodies ache and stuff, sometimes that's a cry for like it needs space and needs some gentle manipulation and some uh, less inflammation, which can be from all sorts of things, including right. stress, including food, including um, lots our environment and all that stuff. So what was the sound bath experience like? Oh my How God. How would you describe it? Because so, I'm fascinated by that too. I've done it maybe like one or two times before, but yeah. um, this was different only because I felt like really connected to him. Right. Well, um, you guys are like BFFs. Yeah. And then the people, that, what was so cool that he did is he asked like everyone what brought them there. Oh. And, um, you know, I think it was just by default, everyone had sort of a really deep story. Wow. And so they shared it, and which often happens oh at the studio. Yeah, just sort of because we sort of just are that space and we engulf freedom and wellness mm-hmm. and health. And um, so really cool stories came out and some people were crying. And um, But it was just so – so that was like sort of set the stage. And then I did a little movement 
just to help people sort of clear that because if we went right into the sound, um, mm-hmm. I just didn't want anything getting like re, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the body that shouldn't be there. So we sort of released that, moved a little bit, um, but then I got to relax and just experience cool. it too. Um, yeah, and the vibe. What's cool about that is the parts of the body that I was just talking about that were sore, mm-hmm. I felt the vibrations very clearly in my body in those parts. Ooh. Isn't that wild? That is interesting. Yeah. Huh. So like my hips, my feet, like all the connections, I could feel the connections to where sort of the tendons were in my hips and my my calf and my foot, like that were <laughs> definitely, you could feel the vibration going to the places that needed heal. It was almost like as if I was doing Reiki and it had sound. Like uh-huh. that's, I can just tell like that's what was going on. It was so freaking cool. Wow. And life-changing. And having just had that incident at the store prior to that, like I was so – like there were so many ups and downs and like intense emotions. Mm. Um, but the next day I definitely felt much lighter and I'm pretty sure it was because of that. You know, so I'm pretty, yeah. I'm so thankful that that happened right at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about like when you were talking about the belonging piece, like that brought it back to, okay, yes. oh, here is where I belong and here's where other people belong right. at Be Free. Cause it's like, how many, that, how brilliant is that to just check in with people? Cause how many times do we, we're like, how you doing? But we don't really give, crap like what people say back we say it as a formality but people hardly ever get to actually tell their story for lots of reasons but what an amazing thing to have a space to just because with the pandemic with (laughs) so many things there's so much stress poor world right now it needs to vent and needs to have a place to heal and a lot of that and belong yeah a lot of that came up yeah I bet and, and just but it was nice to just have a place where People to be able to air that out loud and just say that it's really scary what's happening in the world right now. And it's just, and it feels so helpless because it feels like it's so far away. And yeah. Um, ugh, and it just feels like there's war and ugh, all the things, all the things. I'm going to get overwhelmed if I talk about it too much right now. So I'm not, but <laughs> I know <laughs> we did give voice to, to it. And so it was nice to just resonate. Yeah. At least have a space for that. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was good. On that note, how you doing? How you doing, people out there? Yeah, how how you you doing doing out there? Are you you in your car? Are you eating food? Because every time time we record, it's like 12, and I'm like starving. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And then all I want to do is like talk about nachos that we're going to get next. Boom, boom, Oh, the best nachos at the Seal, man. We're going to get those now. We are not sponsored by the Seal, but we sure do love them. Oh, my God, but go to the Seal Pub and Cafe in Harwich because they are the best. Harvard Center. Yeah. And they're they're, our people. They're good people. They're real good people. And good food. Really good food. Good food. Yeah. In good location. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I think we're actually good for today. Well, let's go get our nachos. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just as usual, keep uh, keep on keeping on. And keep I'm going to keep it on. What do we say? We say um, we want you to live. No, no, we do want you to live for sure. <laughs> <laughs> peace, oh, love and light. Oh, yes. We sending you sending you lots of peace, love and light. And we want you to live Fit, fat, and free, 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 and and belong. Peace out. Bye. Okay. Yeah, that got recorded. Yeah. It did? That's a blooper. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> How do we know? Because it's very organic because it's red. Because it's recording. Red okay. for recording. I'm so excited. It's 11.01. That means we're in the right place at the right time. Doing the right thing. Wait till it's 11.11. Oh, my God. It's 11.11 every day for me. 11.11. 11.11. <sighs> so, um, whoa. Got it. I got it. Something. All right. What are we talking about today? <laughs> Do you have a storyboard? <laughs> Let's have a storyboard. Are we going to talk about Target? We are going to talk down about Target equity and racial profiling in unbiased and bias.
Okay. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm petting the oh, wall. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had a hair clip on the loose. It's really not that important, but now I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in for it. I'm in it. Okay. Got to complete that task. Poor Stephanie's going to be like, what did Ooh. I get myself into? You can fast forward to about the three-minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> Our laughs are on beat. I love yeah. it. Welcome to Fit Fat Chat. That's fat with a PH. A podcast about body positivity, movement, mind movement. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> Welcome to Fit Fat Chat. A <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell are we? All right, episode seven. Community <laughs> podcast. Community podcast. Community podcast. Welcome to Fit Fat Chat. We are. That is fat. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Fit Fat Chat. That's fat with a PH. We are a real talk community podcast about body positivity, movement, mindfulness, and joy. Hosted by Ayana Parent of Be Free Coaching and Wellness and me, Christy of Zumbi with Zumbi. You're so close. <laughs> I like Zumbi better. Zumbi baby. <laughs> I like that better. Go find some money somewhere. <laughs> You'll do it. Well, I, know I know you will. Well, what, kind of, how money <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't know. Just manifest some money. I, I did that already this morning. I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs>